After the premieres of our interviews on Saturday night, we like to get together for a live show. It isn't Saturday Night Live, but it is Socialist Night Live. I've been to see the Prime Minister to resign as Secretary of State for Health and Social Care. I understand the enormous sacrifices that everybody in this country has made, that you have made, and those of us who make these rules have got to stick by them, and that's why I've got to resign. I want to thank people for their incredible sacrifices and what they've done. Everybody working in the NHS, across social care, everyone involved in the in the vaccine programme, and frankly, everybody in this country who has risen to the challenges that we've seen over this past 18 months. I'm very proud of what we've done to protect the NHS at the peak, to deliver that vaccine rollout, one of the fastest in the world. Uh, and I look forward to supporting the government and the Prime Minister from the back benches to make sure that we can get out of this pandemic. We're so close to the end and then build back better so that this country can fulfil its potential, which is so great. And I will do that with all of my heart. Hello and welcome to Socialist Night Live. That was excruciating. Like I, I, I don't know whether if I could handle going through something like that again. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. But firstly, let's introduce our um, our guest tonight. Obviously, um, Laura isn't really a guest. You don't count as a guest, but you do count as a you know a, a member of Socialist Think Tank and someone a, a regular person. What am I even Thank on you. about? I am how I define myself on. on a daily basis. I'm just a regular kind of guy. <laughs> just a regular kind of guy. Um, okay. So, <laughs> we've also got Socialist Think Tank member, Mark. Mark Lungley. Um, hi, hi, Mark. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, welcome from the black country. Well, I'm actually just outside the black country, but most people are brought up in there. So I'm uh, one of the black country members for the Socialist Think Tank. Yeah, it's, uh, we've got quite a strong membership down there. Speaking of Socialist Think Tank members, lovely to see uh, Kat Crayon saying evening all. Kat looked after me today when we were evacuated from a tube station. She's awesome. Um, you know, she just knew everything. Um, someone who worked, like an RMT worker who works on the on the tube, um, she just knew everything. It was great. I felt like I was just being guided around. By, so it was, uh, it was incredible. Um, so thank you, Kat. You've saved me today. And we've got Dan Lewis. Hi, Dan. How's it going? You good? What's good, people? I'm, um, I'm excited. You know, I've been watching you guys for a little while, and uh, I love, I love the way. You said it before that you said it perfectly. I, I, I thought I was trying to think of a way to say it, but the audience in the comments, they're like the extra panel member. I love that. That's a vibe, man. Yeah, that's that's what we're all about. We want to um, make sure that everyone who participates in the show feels like they are actually participating rather than just watching a few people chat because we react to what you say and, you know, and uh, and that's it. We've got um, five panel members. So you, you do buy wire news, don't you? Is that right? That's it. We got the on the Bywire show. We're uh, we're up to our fifteenth episode now. Uh, every Monday to Thursday, nine p.m. Bywire News Facebook, Twitter, and um, YouTube. We're broadcasting there. 
And it's basically um, me just chatting about the news, really. Um, one of the things I believe in is independent media. So you guys are kind of doing it yourselves. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that meaning, you know, media that is um, run by, by the people, not by big organizations, you know, corporately funded um, with massive interests uh, of certain governments or certain politicians. And it's, it's about making sure that also holding, you know, the people in power, the people who hold power um, to account. And we, we have a lot of fun with it. There's a lot of, we've, we've got hundreds of independent media partners and I, I love spending the whole day um, just going through all the different articles and then finding the best pieces because you find the stuff that you literally do not see in the mainstream media. Yeah, it's really good, actually. I find it a really entertaining show as well because uh, your delivery isn't exactly like a boring uh, BBC News uh, reporter, is it? It's just, <laughs> you know, a, a real real person, and that's what we're all about as well, like kind of being having people who are relatable on the show. So, um, yeah, you're, you're dead welcome, and I, I, I asked anyone, well, I recommend anyone to uh, go and watch Bywire News because it is We know James Strange is. Big up Jane Strange for watching. I, I see the comment there. Yeah, she's uh, she's great, Jane. She's been on the show and and she's uh, she's actually really really good. Um, it's funny as well because we we do a podcast, an audio podcast as well. And you'd think when we got like a big a big name on that that would increase the view the like the the amount of listens we get, but it doesn't necessarily work that way. So Jane's now um, in our most popular version ever of this show, which was last week. So maybe we're just on a getting more popular thing. Who knows? But um, I hope oh, everyone's shame enjoying you got me it. on tonight. <laughs> now, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure we'll continue uh, growing. I can't even remember what we talked about last week, but it was definitely good. So uh, if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back and listen to it. Um, okay, so that awful video. What do we think, um, Laura? <laughs> I can't genuinely can't even look at him uh, oh and i didn't need to see those pictures thankfully i managed to sidestep the video <laughs> i have not seen that yet that video that video um, the, the the sextopus video oh wait a minute where no. the, where that's that's how we've been describing it today the sextopus because for some reason for while he's kissing the woman <laughs> he goes for the knee with his hand he kind of like reaches down to her knee and someone said he's like a sex octopus and then it became sextopus. So I want I that to know. stick. Yeah, the sextopus. <laughs> I think it probably will. It's um, it's just so infuriating, the whole thing. I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, you've got a feel for his, his wife and his kids. And I think um, the woman involved has a partner as well. You know, there's that whole moral side of it. But for, for me, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't like celebrity um, or famous people's private lives being dragged through the mud. But if you are somebody who enforces and tells people what they should and shouldn't be doing at risk of going to prison and then break those rules yourself, that is just the height of hip hypocrisy and just another example of the corrupt system we're under. Because let's face it, this is not the first. It's not going to be the last. It is ongoing. Um, it's, a, it's another thing to try and tell people about. But I just feel like people are just so willing to accept the crap that these awful people do. And it's just like, please look at this don't just think it's a man of an affair let's just ignore the sleazy side of it please i don't need to think about that let's have a look at the 
the corrupt nature of what is actually going on here. Not only is he paying someone he's sleeping with, he was, um, as Paul Smith was rightly saying, he was allowed to resign. He wasn't mm. sacked. But then can you really sack somebody for doing something that you've done? You know, Boris Johnson would be a huge hypocrite if he was like, oh, he shouldn't have sacked someone else. It's like, mm. it, the whole thing's just a mess. It really is. Our system is absolutely shocking. And it's about time people saw these things for what they actually were. And it's, you know, once again, we can do as we please, you can do as you're told. And that is, these people are supposed to be elected by us, for us, and it's not a system that is working. And it's not that one that we should continue to support. Um, and it's just pathetic. And his resignation was pathetic. And it's like, oh, sorry, I've broke social distancing. There's so, so much of a bigger issue than just that and that you got off with somebody else like that in itself like you know talk to your wife about that but the rest is just hideous Colin Colin White they're coming in with a point there no one's mentioned a misconduct in the workplace he's our boss you know he's a boss um what about it's an abuse of power really isn't it he's not exactly going to be particularly successful unless he was a, a minister I guess um, in in any respect, um, and he wasn't particularly successful as that. But Mark, what do you think? I mean, first thing you've got to think about is it's the great British exceptionalism. One rule as for for the for the, for the plebs, and another rule for them because they're British high, higher citizens. I mean, how many single people have had to, or or couples who are not living together, have had to put their uh, relationships on on hold? during lockdown and, and what has happened there. I mean, when I heard about this, I tweeted this. Um, Matt Hancock has resigned due to having an affair during lockdown on the day that, that 18,270 new cases of COVID were added to the 4,717,811 total cases of COVID. And we've had, we've had in the UK and 23 people lost their lives to COVID, adding to the total of... 128,089 people that have died from COVID. But it's not just him. The whole of this government, I think, are guilty of a crime which is called democide, which is where an elective government do not act to save their people. They just worked too slowly. We can see it, you know, and it, let, we, we're not thankfully not covered by parliamentary rules, and we can call it what it is. It's, it's jobs for the mates. It's free stuff. It'd be interesting to go through all the contracts and go... This is what they've we've paid out. Let's see what PPE. And it's not just him. We could talk about Jeremy Hunt. You know, what there's a thing called Operation Sigmus, is it, or something like that, in 2016. Every problem we've had during this pandemic has was predicted in that in that in that war game of, of a pandemic. And Dan, I'm sure that you've uh, got similar opinions, but uh, would you care to you know elaborate? I think Paul, Paul Smith has, has said it right. You know, he should have resigned or been sacked for his handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Obviously, it's it's not solely down to him, but it's a health it's it's a health crisis. Um, also, on top of that, you know, let let let's let's be honest. There there should have been sackings a long time ago. There's the NHS. There's um, his handling of um, social care. The fact that he's not even bothered that Boris is not like can't well he's probably in in on it but you know Boris didn't even turn up to a meeting about social care this week um there, there's so much more to this guy's job you know and just as Laura said go back go back to 
this whole celebrity lifestyle of people's personal lives. And let's not forget the kids that are involved in this. You know, they've got it for the rest of their lives, albeit they may have a silver spoon in their mouths to help them along the way. You know, these things aren't nice for anyone, no matter who you are. And so looking at the guy's job, misconduct in the workplace, bre breaching COVID rules, go back further and further. Um, there are problems coming out now with the vaccine roll rollout um, in, in regards to people cancelling, getting double booked or not being registered properly. There's the Excel spreadsheet that didn't log things properly. You know, it just goes on and on and on and on. I, I, and if you really want to comment on man's behaviour around women, we all saw it in the video when he was in Warrington outside the hospital. Like, man had a big lob on there. Like, uh, yes, there's a woman <laughs> next to me. <laughs> it's like it's like those guys, you know, you know, like when you see the screenshots from the DMs. He's that guy. He's 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 that guy in the DMs. Like every woman knows I'm at Hancock, surely, uh, because he's in her DMs. Just like, yeah, see, Laura's got. Sorry, Laura, on behalf of men, I'm sorry. Like we are in trash. Honestly, uh, but yeah. Hashtag so, not all men. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, hashtag blame Matt. You know what I mean? And man, man's, man's played a crafty one. Now, I'm going to say something that a lot of people might disagree with me on. I don't know. But like this, this, we knew this was coming. Like we definitely knew this was coming. Right. And don't tell me you didn't, when you, if, if, you, if you've seen the video now, it's hard to see that video without having to come across a certain logo. There are copies of it out there. And if you do want to see it, DM me. But he, it looks fake. I'm going to say it looks fake. It looks set up. This looks way more set up than any other kind of scandal before. Like, I genuinely think this, like, whether he has got a thing going on with her or not, that moment in front of that camera was set. Why is there a camera in front of that door? Why did he not know there's a camera in front of that door? He went to the effort of looking out the door, but didn't notice the blood clot camera right there in his face. Like, come on. Like, you don't not know. People, it's 2021. You notice cameras. You get me? Like maybe, maybe because he's white, he doesn't notice cameras as much as I would. But surely people notice cameras. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Come on, that I, I, it was set up. I think the whole thing is orchestrated. It's it's mm. orchestrated to distract people because they want to distract you from the fact that figure numbers are going up. They want to distract you from the fact that people are arguing with them on whether to wear masks or to socially distance. Uh, just on the news this week in the morning, on the morning news, I forget which uh, morning program, they were talking about um, the rule to, to take off masks and people were against it. People were against it, but... If you put a Tory MP into a little love triangle, boy, everyone would get distracted, wouldn't they? That's my view. I, I, I nearly 100% agree with that, but I do think that Matt Hancock is quite easily stupid enough to not notice a camera and be like, oh, <laughs> sneaking about, I'm okay here. And, uh, and I think probably as well, he's got that arrogance about him, hasn't he? Like, it only matters if I'm caught by the people who know who I am this won't get leaked by anyone else. Like, Boris is my friend. He'll be that, that naive guy who's like, you know, the one who, like, comes in and gives his dinner money to, to the bully every day and thinks it's his friend. You know, that's <laughs> that's probably the relationship he's got. And then Johnson probably has leaked it out to, to you know, distract from things. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not sure. Did anyone mention the fact that, like, he gave that contract for... for um, what was it? It was test tubes to his mate from the pub. 
Like, you yeah. know, we've forgotten more about this absolute horror show than, you know, than anyone's probably done in the past. Like, the, I've, we've seen political scandals. Like, in, in Theresa May's government, there were people resigning all the time and forced to resign all the time, and some of them were really serious, like Pretty Patel's, like, trying to trying to give our foreign aid budget to uh, Israel, allegedly. Um, and then there's also, like, you know, there were less serious ones where they were just, like, kind of, yeah... I've I've misled the house by accident, you know. They made a mistake, but they or, or Amber Rudd taking it for taking one for the team, basically. When um, Theresa May had done some awful things as Home Secretary, and she's like, "Well, I'm the Home Secretary now, so I'm going to have to fall on the sword for what Theresa May did." So there was that kind of thing, and now there's this, and it's like, "Whoa, this this corruption's so deep and so bad," you know. Like anyone just come in at this point, I think we're going to lose the we're going to lose any structure here. So anyone <laughs> anyone come in at any point. Do you think, think though, one thing we talked about it once on a politically unmuted, and I think I, I, I scared John with this when I said, Is this the dead cat? What are they trying mm. to by a dead cat? What I meant was, you throw something on the table to distract everybody from ev- everything else. Is this the dead cat? And it's not the only one. I mean, I've I'm, I'm getting messages from my from my uh, CLP sex saying, Don't forget to mention because I'm, I'm in South Staffordshire, and obviously, our lovely Frank Spencer lookalike has uh, been. Fantastic with what he's done with schools. Where are all these laptops? But you know, what is the dead cat that they're trying to get through? Is it they're trying to sneak sneak through, kill the bill, or sorry, sneak through uh, the police mm. and crime? Because you've got to look for what the story is. They they're trying to 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 not to hide to sneak through, you know. And that's what we as as, as people on the left have to say. And you know, it's like yeah, what he's done is wrong, granted. But what are you trying to get be to, to hide behind what are you trying to are you what are you trying to bury speaking of frank um he's another one who allegedly did a treason um so <laughs> you know they were the ones they brought back into the cabinet weren't they who resigned you know the rest yeah. of them kind of disappeared through the wayside although isn't javid back is javid the new guy yeah, Javid's yeah. The new home secretary. sorry health secretary oh god um well, he's, you know, for <laughs> Another banker, um, yeah. <laughs> God, right. Um, so, anyone want to come in any more on this? Or I think have we done have we done enough of Hancock tonight? Are we sick to the to death of him? Are we going to move on from him? Or I think it has to be noted that like um, when when you're talking about you know the reasons why Hancock's resigned and and the stuff he's been involved in, like. The problems with Hancock were long before COVID. Um, you know, you remember back to every single thing that he's he's been in charge of um, during the pandemic, but there's been so much more before then. And this reg- uh, resignation is just an absolute slap in the face to working class people. Like, it is just such a slap in the face, considering how much he got away with, not just before COVID. And when people sit there... And I think I think part of it is to do with Batley and Spen. But when when you think about the reason why he's resigned on a Saturday after, you know, there's been a day of all this going on, it's it's just a slap in the face and it's ugly. And I hope that people remember it when they go to the ballot box, whether it is in Batley or at the next elections, the you know, general election. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a I think that sums it up perfectly on the mic drop moment there. Um <laughs> yeah. He's um he, speaking of slaps in the face. Remember when his aide was punched in the face 
but turned out it was just someone who like walked into someone's hand you know and that went out in the press so the press have got a lot to answer for in this case as well for blindly sticking to it as have uh, the Labour leadership to be honest for you know the last time didn't the last time Matt Hancock um, get demanded like the people were demanding his resignation didn't Starmer say oh and I'm not going to ask for his resignation did this time over sleaze but didn't do it over doing his job come on I think that's just a come on let's get let, let's be better than this um, but anyway moving on um, right so the Ricard sisters Laura do you want to lead off on this one you interviewed the Ricard sisters yeah yeah it was a really really good interview and actually it was probably the first one I've done in a while that was actually really positive and didn't make me cry <laughs> it was uh, really lovely so for anyone who missed it the Ricard sisters are sisters who have developed a graphic novel version of the ragged trousered philanthropist um it took them two years to make it it is absolutely incredible and i think the idea behind it was to make it it was something i think their dad had given them a copy of this book when they were little and it was always just like a big paperweight in the house and they didn't get around to reading it until they were much older um and it just um it just makes it so much more accessible for people because you know the book is one of those things where everyone's like, oh, God, you've got to read it. Everybody has to read it. But it's it's like depressing and it's really big. And who's got time? Um, but this sticks true to the original story, but it's done in a really creative way. And it's, it is a graphic novel. It's essentially a grown-up comic book. So um, I ha- I'm ordering my copy tomorrow because I've had me payday. Um, and they do another really interesting thing, actually. They're not just trying to sell it. What they're trying to do is get people to buy it for schools and for prisons so you can donate a copy um, through their website, which I think is really, you know, really important, a really good thing to do. Because the story behind it, you know, it is as relevant now as it's always been, um, depressingly so, I might add. It's horrendous that we haven't quite come any further from those that will rule us and, and keep us down, but also a stark example of, of why we need to keep going. You know, since that was written, we now have, um, you know, trade unions and we have health and safety at work. As was said in the interview, um, you know, we've got working hours are much better. We have a weekend, so many things, so many huge wins for working class people that now people just take for granted. Um, so I think it, it will be a reminder to keep going and, and that you can make a change. Um, and that, you know, the, we've had all of these lessons before in the past and we, we need to learn them because nothing is really hugely, if things are moving forward, but we, we, if you read it, you'll realise we are still in the same position as we were in when in 1903 or whenever it was, <laughs> you know. It's, um, yeah, but it was a really good interview and it'll be out on podcast tonight um, because I've already done it. <laughs> so I'll mm. set that up to go tonight. Um, and it's on YouTube so you can rewatch it again there. Um, just really, really lovely women who just really care about what they do and are really talented and really clued up on everything. And it was just a pleasure to do that interview. Um, true to form, our our viewers, Jane's come in with a, you can donate a copy to a school or prison. She's sent the link in there. 
which is really, really good. It's just like, again, it's the fifth <laughs> the fifth member of the panel who's just like actually probably even better than that because you've got live links and everything. Um, make sure if you do have any questions for anyone on the panel, by the way, um, just stick them in there and we're going to start answering questions in a little bit. Dan, have you read The Ragged Trousered Philanthropist all the way through? And I'm going to admit um, now that I got stuck about halfway through, but I did really enjoy what I read. I just got tired. No, I've not. I've not read it all the way through. Um, but I've got a fun fact about the um, the author. Um, oh, I was going to Robert Tressel. Um, uh, I've forgotten his real name, but basically, um, I live down the road, like a five minute drive from the prison in which where he died, and um, just over the road is his grave. Um, well, it's not his grave. There's a gravestone in memory of him in a graveyard. Um, and there's like a society of people that, you know, put money in and collect money, do, do fundraisers um, to maintain the, the gravestone and, you know, just keep it nice and neat and stuff. And a couple of years ago here in Liverpool, we had uh, a memorial march parade thing it was mad it was like a really cold february morning i think i think it was it was cold anyway and we marched from like the prison the gates of the prison round into walton and then to uh the gravestone and then afterwards there was this big beef on on facebook about the fact that um robert tressel the author was um actually a racist and it's like you know do we still do we celebrate people because they're racist or because you know, or do we kind of forgive them because it's of the time what they did, you know, oh, well, that was acceptable to be that racist then. So, and there was this whole like big debate and it was um, between a well-known person in, in Merseyside politically and also um, a well-known um, historian in Liverpool who specializes in black history here. So there's a fun fact for you. I thought I'd just add that in, but I'm excited to hear the podcast. Definitely. <laughs> God, I would have really, really loved to have been at that debate. <laughs> I would have really enjoyed <laughs> listening to the arguments on that one. I'll Is send it? you the link. Yeah, yes, <laughs> please do. We'll put that up. That sounds amazing. I'd love to watch that. That's all right. Jane's really surprised he died in prison. I didn't know that either. No, I didn't. I believe so. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. I may have got that wrong. So, you know, impress, get me. I don't care. Cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> we never do cancel on this show. We're against the idea of canceling. We just, we, like, you know, what? <laughs> what's the point in um in thinking that, what's the point in being an anti-racist if you're just going to cancel all the racists forever? You know what I mean? You've got you to have accept no job. that they might get better. Yeah, you've got to try and make people change their minds. But, you know, um, Mark, do you want to come in then? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually haven't read the book, but I listened to it on an audio book. I wish I wish there was a left-wing audio book system rather than the one we all have to use, but never mind. And it was done by, um, what's-his-face, Tony Robinson and uh, Stephen Twigg as, as Barrington. It was quite interesting. I mean, I, I said in the, in the chat uh, during the podcast, I think that every new member of the Labour Party should get a copy of the of the Ragged Trousered Philanthropist. I actually got it from in a reverse way to the sisters. I got it from my father for his uh, his Father's Day present because he was interested because we started talking about it. I mean, it does a lot of us. If we, I bet, if we, everyone on this podcast was asked to describe socialism, they'd all come up with some with different things, and it does does show a few things. I mean. The one when I remember listening to it, because Tony Robinson was doing all his Baldrick style voice, and it just seems like Mugsborough was part, was just where where Baldrick came from. But 
there's one part in it where the foreman cuts down people's wages. What's that? Fire and rehire. You know, and there's a, another great on YouTube where somebody's done the money trick, which is about how capitalism works. And they've done it with modern... It was about four, ten years ago, so the resolution's terrible. Maybe Dan and I ought to work on doing a new one. Um, but with modern people. And it just... There's so much about it where they're talking about the the uh, the Italian um, ice cream sellers. And, and that could just be the immigrants nowadays in it and what have you. Um, and I think every socialist at the top of their list, you know... Is 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 it should be uh, the ragged trousers philanthropist, and then David Graeber's books. You know, it, these are things that we, you know, we should do. Uh, Dan's probably yeah. going to disagree with me now. <laughs> plenty of plenty of good books on like that, that you could also do, but I definitely agree with David Graeber there as well. David Graeber was great. Um, so, um, any other book recommendations before we move on? Because we're going to move on to the People's Assembly rally today um any any more book recommendations i've just done the the what does it call it the code of capital or something which is really interesting which is like all about how the reason the capitalism is so successful is because basically so that like all the people who are talented in law are working on coding to make sure that the wealth is always protected for the wealthy and because the wealthy have access to those lawyers um, this is so it's basically like states need to dismantle this legal framework and bring it back to sort of like sort of public accountability rather than behind closed door deals. It's really really good by a German professor who works in America somewhere. So yeah, it was that that one was good. That one's the one I've just finished. I've done. I've Any just, others? I'm still going through uh, Paint Your Town uh, Red by uh, uh, Matt Brown, basically the leader of uh, Preston City Council. And the thing to realise with the Preston model, which I, I think we don't shout about enough, quite frankly, is um, it's not a formula. You've got to look and see how to get local things in. And I think that's a really good thing that all, every game, the Preston model, people should look at. But that's, sorry, I'll, mm. I'll, I can give, give recommendations on those things all night, as you'll know, from the chat. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? jump in before we move of course, in? Yeah. Uh, move on, sorry, move in. <laughs> uh, Tim said that, Tim Dredge, the original was mainly written in 1910. Robert Noonan was his real name. Born in Ireland, I think. Noonan was moved to Liverpool Infirmary from prison, oh, uh, I think, and died of tuberculosis. I think that's what TB is, uh, yeah. in 1911. I'm sure I learned that all when I lived in Liverpool and have remembered correctly. Big up Tim, man. Tim with the vibes and the knowledge, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tim's, yeah, Tim's our knowledge man for sure. He's, hey. he's always with the links and he knows everything. <laughs> he's very handy to have watching. Yeah, he either knows everything or he's just incredibly good at Google. Like, you know, I'm really quick. <laughs> you know, he's always, he's always helping us out. Um, so, um, it's right, People's Assembly... I was there today. It was just me there today, out of us. So yeah. I travelled up and down today for to to London. So I, th I guess the I guess it's. Uh, have you got any questions about it? You know, how big was it? Yeah, I don't know. So we we discussed this and and Cat create again the, the, these these skills that people have. So because she works in the tube line, she's saying well. One tube will fit a thousand people, and I was like, "What? One 
tube train fits a thousand people on. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is. So I was trying to think from that and how many people that would be. And she thought about 8,000. I thought low thousands, I mean, I thought low thousands. It wasn't a huge one. Um, it was really easy to like kind of get a view at the front. Uh, but there was the biggest contingent was probably pro-Palestinian. Um, there was a big section at the front that was all pro-Palestine. And there was like, I, th- I shared a tweet earlier on from Socialist Think Tank's um, Twitter that, that was like, we were underneath, you know, those big balloons you get, like those CWU balloons. And uh, we were beneath that and there was a free, free Palestine. It was like hairs on the back of the neck stuff. It was really, really good. Um, and it was really nice to be in that. I got quite a buzz, you know, and you, you, the buzz you get in a in a big crowd. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really positive in that respect. But the crowd could have been bigger. But you understand that like, people don't necessarily want to go during, like the pandemic isn't over. Um I'm double vaccinated, so I suppose I'm a little bit smug with myself and like, yes, I can go and do these things. But um, <laughs> but I think a lot of people who care on the left, and then straight afterwards, we've got uh, we had the anti-vax, anti-mask rally um, that came in afterwards, which was much bigger, far bigger. There were like thousands upon thousands of them, but it was the most dull thing I have ever seen. Like we were leaving as they were um, as they were coming in. So when like we're going through and there's a samba band playing and there's chanting and there's people dancing around and it's properly diverse and like you know and then it just had like had a load of like really boring middle aged white people just walking really slowly as if like you know like I don't know it wasn't like walking or a football match or anything it was just walking really really slowly with no music no nothing no atmosphere and you think dear me you want your lives back i think you're probably better off in the house you know they, they, were, they seemed incredibly dull people but maybe that's uh that maybe i'm just being a bit harsh there so sorry um there might have been some really lovely kind people who uh do all sorts for people in that one but that wasn't the impression i get they came and shouted at me for having a mask on um and uh and they shouted it they shouted it they came over to shout a cat for having a mask, this of it, like, oh, this is why, and she immediately pulled a mask on to wind them up. So, like, so they were upset about that. Um, so, yeah. The thing that... about that for me, that is really infuriating that because there are so many arguments why you should wear a mask. Like, but if you don't want to, right, I disagree with you, but why would you shout at someone for wearing one? They're not taking anything away from you. In fact, if if the rumours that you disbelieve are true, they're actually helping you. Why would you be angry about it? People are far too busy getting angry about other people's choices. It pisses me off so much. And I'm not just talking about masks. We can get into it if you want. <laughs> Maybe we won't. Oh, hypocrisy. Uh-huh. There's a whole no, hypocrisy to the whole thing, isn't there? Like, oh, it's about yeah. freedom, but, like, generally I've found that the people on the whole... And, and there's a difference. See, there's there's two types as well, Like, and I don't like to put people in boxes, but, you know, to kind of categorise things. There's people who don't believe in masks. Maybe they don't believe in COVID or whatever, but they're not, they're not shouting at people about it. They're just getting on with their lives. They're doing what they're doing. And I know a lot of people who are doing that. They, they they say to me, oh, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not asked. You know what I mean? And they'll get on with their lives, but they won't have a go at me because I do wear a mask. But then there's the other side where it's like, I want my freedom. I don't have to wear a mask. 
And it's like, cool, you have your freedom. But then they shout you down for using your freedom to do. Yeah. Totally. It's just so <sighs> And it's, it's so being annoying. whipped up as well. What's disgusting as well is it's being whipped up within a lot of other things. You see it. And no matter what anyone says, right? You Like, I've been a brown man on this earth for 30 years, yeah? And it's being whipped up around a load of just basically... What, what's the word? Bigoted sh- stuff. Like people, it's so bigoted. The, the, UKIP flag, the UKIP flags turn up. The Britain First flags turn up. The yeah. Trump flags were there today, I saw on Twitter. Oh, oh my Mick, Lord. get over it. He's gone. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it, said, it said Trump 2024. Oh, oh can you imagine? And, and like, it's fine. Like, okay, there's loads of people with different views, but... The way I see the world is if I'm a socialist, that means I'm an anti-capitalist. And if I'm an anti-capitalist, then I'm anti those things. I'm also an anti-racist, anti-homophobia person. You know what I mean? Like, so when those groups, when those people start turning up, I'm not going to cancel them. Like you said before, you know, you don't cancel people on this show. That's absolutely fine. But I might step away. I might, I might walk away because I don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm walking. And that's, that's exactly why I haven't got time for a lot of these freedom marches as they hypocritically call themselves i think it's silly yeah absolutely did you see stewart's comment as well because it was um it was someone else had mentioned joe mccluskey had mentioned the trump 2024 flag walk past Uh, but stewart had mentioned because stewart was there with me today as well and he said he he saw an anti-freedom protester an anti-freedom protester who had a literal tinfoil hat Proper tin foil hat on. Um, that is that's really good. Um, yeah, they did they did tickle me a little bit today, but um, the rest of it was like pretty, like our our march pretty vibrant. The speeches were dead good. Um, what was your favorite speech? Um, it was one beforehand. There was a a young woman from um from Liverpool who she said she had been in care. And she got a job for the council because of that. And she has blue hair. Um, and she was, yeah, she was, was, name she was incredible. Yes, that was Chantelle. I was trying to remember her name there. Chantelle, she was the, she was my favorite speech. I'd never heard her speak before. And she was really awesome at the beginning. And I, I kind of care. I work in a special school where people are in care and things like that. Some people are in care. Oh, most people who work in a school know people who are in care. And it was really nice to have a, a positive story. And also she was like uh, dancing around and being really uh, like fun and stuff like at the, at the front of the march with her megaphone. So that was possibly um, my favourite. But I suppose most people's favourite would have been Jeremy Corbyn's speech. Um, Zara Sultana was amazing as well, by the way. And we put videos out of both of them today. Yeah, we did. Um, we did a Zara live Sultana, one of Jeremy. And um, then... Zara specifically said, Hancock, you need to go. And then he went. So she kind of won. <laughs> yeah, she did it. Yeah, I cut it off there. And then she said amazing things after that. But I was trying to get a, a Twitter length video. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, you know we, we do these things. Um, and uh, But it was just so interesting. And at the end of the Corbyn video, I turned it around on myself and said, like, you know, well, it wasn't exactly we support the government by Starmer, but it'll do, you know. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, 
honestly, I couldn't be more gutted about how, like, what we've become. There was, there was a passionate speech with people cheering and everyone together and feeling like they were part of something. And then you've got, oh, we support the government. Um, you know, it's it's ridiculous, like, where mm. where we've moved to and where we've been. Um, Mark, I haven't heard from you in a little while. You've been yeah. quiet. Yeah. I, I, I try not to, because I could jump in all the time, and uh, that's what I try not to do. I mean, I, unfortunately, I've been having to deal with family things all day. I was going to be down there with my, my cameras, but unfortunately, I haven't. Uh, I mean, thank you for actually splitting up the, the speeches, and my mum and I were wondering what you, what you said after the Jeremy Corbyn thing. Um, but the thing is, people don't... The thing with masks is this. Masks are there to protect everybody else. If you ever... Because I I I I was I'm a big wrestling fan. I watch a lot of Japanese wrestling. You'll always see them in the crowd with masks on because they've got a cold and they don't want to give it out, um, give it give it to other people. And and I mean after COVID's over, if I'm going to be travelling on trains, especially in the winter, I'm probably going to wear a mask just to to keep keep things safe with that. And I mean I think that the whole rally and there's so many things like like even Socialist Think Tank. It shows socialism. We all bring our bits together and make a bigger whole, if that makes sense. Do you get what I mean by that, yeah? And and I think that's what we, we need to do. And that's what we on the left do. The, you know, what what I can't do, Paul or or or, or, or Laura or Dan does, and we all, we all mesh together. And I think that's a thing we need to show, show more of, and, and that's... What our, what our, what we are we are, are greater than the sum of our parts. Hmm. Yeah, and that that's a whole. That's what it felt like today when you're on the march. It felt like you were, you know you were part of something. You're part of something different. You're part of something special. You're all different, and that's what makes you the same. Do you know what I mean? Like that you accept that we're all different, and you accept one another's diversity. And um, there was there was some great. You know, looking around the crowd and things, and there were people there for all sorts of different causes, which also made me think as well. Sometimes I think like we we are so spread thin on everything that we do. We've got so many causes, all of which are valid, and we're like, right, we care about this, and we care about this, and we care about this, and it all falls in with a in with a banner of socialism. But like, it's so there's so much to put right. And it's so hard. I was just thinking know. that, Paul, somebody, I think it was Leanne popped in um, the chat there, there was a big march in Birmingham um, for women's rights and like the, the, about being safe on the streets and things like that, which is something obviously we've talked a lot about on our shows. Um, I, I believe there was a, um, a, a pro-trans rally somewhere as well. Um, the, you're right, there's just, this. it can feel overwhelming, there's too much and you can't, pick one that's more important than the other because there's so much that needs writing um and I, I genuinely don't know how we do it because I think you find on the left there are a lot of people who agree with what you're saying but the activists who get out on the ground and do stuff um there's just not enough of us and it's it's hard because you do have to comment on every single thing and you have to try and get that message out there and you have to keep trying to fight for all these things but there's just so much and it's getting more and more every day um the capitalism let's bring that down first and i bet a lot of the problems go away <laughs> I, I think so uh, we're, we're getting build confirmation from fire, tim of, build a bonfire <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> um yeah tim tim's confirming a lot about chantel there um but she she was particularly powerful. That was right at the beginning um, of the 
Notch and Laura Pidcock was like comparing that as well. One thing I found very, very interesting um, about, and I mentioned it to Laura earlier on, is like you've got the Unite General Secretary um, thing going on at the moment, and you've got uh, Steve Turner, who's the who's one of the co-chairs of um, of the People's Assembly, and people have been calling Steve Turner a right winger. And it's like people who are nowhere near as left as Steve Turner have been saying, oh, he's on the right winger because they've read certain media reports and stuff. And I find it all quite silly the way it's become such a divisive thing. Like It's possible to have more than one person on the left. You don't need mm. like I, I don't believe in like th- that kind of figurehead leader on the left. I don't obviously Jeremy Corbyn became that, but you know figurehead leaders are a bit it it causes division. I think we should all be together and and trying to push in the same direction and accept that like you know everyone like everyone on this call here and all the people in the comments appear to be pretty left and I'll I'm be quite happy with to to say that I wouldn't be here, but I'm the leftist though. I'm I'm the most lefty left. It's not about that is it it's I, I thought that was a bit divisive as well um and in the speech today howard beckett was saying like he was the he was the guy uh, steve turner's the only guy from the left but his supporters last week were saying that steve turner wasn't left which he clearly is and it's it's just a bit silly and messy i think that's the power of media though isn't it there was another guy near us uh during the black country sorry the Burm, the Black Country, Birmingham, West Midlands Metro Mayor, and that I think the people, and I, I fell for it by that certain media organisation called Pete Lowe, a centrist candidate, and Pete Lowe, I've known him for years, he is not and um, I think they need to improve their journalism shall we say a little, and need to be taken now with a bit of a bit of salt shall we say is mm. that being a bit too controversial? Don't know, I, I don't I, think. I, I, I genuinely, like at nice this point, things. don't think there's such a thing on this show as too controversial. <laughs> we just. Oh, by the way, I, I didn't give you the briefing. You are allowed then. to swear, by the way, but what's that? Oh, is it? Yeah, that's that's good to know. We can swear. I, I was being careful, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed earlier on. That's why I said it. <laughs> on on the on the unite stuff. If if I'm able to comment on that, right? So. Like I I just feel like generally it's not just unite stuff on the left, right? Can we stop? Can we stop worshiping white men, like old white men? Like there are so many women and trans women and trans men and disabled people and black and brown people. And you know, there's so many socialists that aren't just one formation. Now, I'm not saying that any of these white men that we are that currently our leaders, Jeremy, Steve, Howard, you know, these they're great people. All I'm saying is, right, is we seem to be getting in some really, really narrow, narrow conversations about who should be leading the movement. When really, now I'm I'm more of a communist than I am most things really, but like I believe in, in people-powered kind of movements and people-powered structures. And that means that you don't have one person at the top. You have groups of people that represent different backgrounds. And... I'm going to flip right back to the beginning of the show where we talked about Hancock. Hancock resigned from his post as health minister. Hancock is still an MP, a member of parliament. It is very difficult for his constituents to be able to remove him um, as an MP. 
right? It's not, it's not undoable, but it's difficult. There's a difference. You know what I mean? It's not impossible. And I think too often uh, when we talk about the great democracy of Great Britain, and this is still, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the conversation about Unite here, is too often we think about democracy in regards to electing individuals or groups of individuals. We don't ever think about just electing groups of people that represent a wide base, that represent everyone, that can come together around really good ideas. In my opinion, socialist ideas. And I think it's it's a horrible state of affairs that the left will get ourselves in such a mess over these elections. And in between these elections, we don't spend any of our time trying to fix them. Five years, Jeremy Corbyn was the leader of the Labour Party. And in that time, how many times did people fall out over open selections, over um, reform of party rules, over the EU stuff? You know, about the things that we can actually have a big impact on, we can change to be able to reset the structures, reset our surroundings and actually elect people that represent us. And by that, I mean groups of people we missed all of those opportunities. So when we do look at the last five years or six years, you know, there's so many missed opportunities. So many great things happened and we were distracted by so many things. I'm not disregarding all of that, but I definitely think we need to stop thinking about single people as our representatives of mass movements. Because at the end of the day, even if you do get a non-binary trans woman uh, from India um, standing in an election, they're not going to represent the white men, are they? Do you know what I mean? Flip it on its head. Whereas if you have that trans woman and um, someone to represent the white men and someone to represent um, disabled people, all different groups in a, in a, in a form, it, it makes such a difference, I think, in my opinion. And, and that's a better, um, yeah, I, I agree with Neil. People in society are too, just too obsessed with celebrity. You're, bang on the money there forget the last five minutes of what i said just what neil said but yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but no, ex exactly that and and i think we need to really start rethinking the structures rather than fighting over the individuals i i'm like inside i'm cheering so loudly i just <laughs> i really wish we could find a way where we could get rid of the parliamentary structure completely it doesn't work at all what we need is sort of um, localised groups to decide what happens locally, um, community groups, collectivism on a local level. Um, I just one guy at the top deciding what's best for everybody up and down the country is just clearly absurd. Um, and they've all proven that they don't, even the local people who select them, and now we're in a position where the local people aren't even selecting these MPs, yeah. are going then to go, I know what's best for you. I'll, I'll sort, I've got this, I'll sort it. Okay, we're, I think we're back live. I think we're back live. We're really sorry. I hate it when that happens. It's when Starmer crawls into our wires and decides <laughs> that he's going to disrupt what we're doing. <laughs> So we we are we are back live. It has happened, but it happens so regularly whenever Starmer um, is mentioned, which yeah. is uh, maybe we just mention him too much, and it's just happened. We mention him every day anyway. But um, we we are back. We've got a few viewers back as well. We're, we're grown. It's it's a shame. It's a shame. We've 
we've missed people, so we're going to kind of do a little holding thing where I'm yammering on for a couple of seconds. But we like Laura was in the middle of like this thing, and I could see you. I, I get the like the readouts and stuff, and I can see things dropping out, and I've got this little red, like this little green bar, and it was going red, and I was like, oh no, oh no. But anyway, we are back, so please do try and uh, let other people know that we're back by giving us a share. Tell people to subscribe to the channel because that really, really helps. Honestly, it does. I think everyone thinks you're lying when you say that, but it really does because mm. what what it is is like when people want to show show people what people already like. That's the way yeah. YouTube works, and and uh, and Facebook and what have you. So if you do click like and share and what do you do, yeah. daily yammering on that's a first. Cheers, Tim. Uh, <laughs> you know, we could talk about that CLP meeting where I didn't yammer on for a full eight minutes while I was in the chair, and someone character assassinated me again. Again, it happens quite a lot, doesn't it? But, um, it's not a Sedgefield CLP without somebody being really nasty about you, and off more often than not, me as well. I don't know if people know this, but I'm a horrendous bully. So hmm. yeah, Daily yeah, Mail said. She- that's why I'm on the show. I got bullied into coming on the show, <laughs> basically. Laura, I don't think it's just your CLP. It's no. ours as well. It's every CLP. And yeah. it's amazing how the ones that say they're being bullied are often, often can bully people just as much. I felt unwelcome at, at CLP meetings and several times, but I've not gone crying away. Yeah, you say just as much, but I've literally never bullied anyone. I would say in my life, but I might have been maybe forced to do it at school when I was a little tiny kid. Maybe I, so right. I can't claim to have never done it. But it's certainly in my adult life. I don't bully people. <laughs> um, yeah, nah, it's fun. Fun time. Yeah, yeah. I'm Seems sorry. I'm the CLP is ninety nine percent excellent. So I think we've got most people back, by the way. So we can start talking about other things. I suppose that is a bit of news, isn't it? That um that there's another CLP clean sweep of uh, left positions at Sedgefield. That made news in 2017. That was national news, apparently, when we took all the officer positions. What a weird thing to care about. Like, if you've ever been in a CLP meeting, you're like, yeah, this really isn't national news. We got a guy in as well. We got um, what what what's the national broadcaster of the USA called? It's like the USA equivalent of the BBC, but it doesn't go everywhere. ABC. Um, no, um, oh, I can't. I can't remember what it is. I will. I will remember at some point. But they came to interview us in Trimden Workingmen's Club, <laughs> and it was just like the weirdest thing. Like you know, Trimden Trimden Branch had had this like massive defection. Um, no, it's not CNN either. Um, the the trim. So what had happened in Trimden Branch, which is where Tony Blair used to be, they've always had like they've been a stronghold of the of the right wing of the Labour Party of the official people who would consider themselves Blairites, like not used as a smear or anything like that. And they um they've held this branch for many years, and then two of the county councillors defected and when became independent and they'd both like worked in Phil Wilson's office when while he was an MP not very many people know that he'd actually they'd actually left before the election which is a uh, kind of an interesting point but anyway uh they left and then someone from the USA wanted to come and do a story of it so I came to try and reset up the branches the chair of the CLP and I'm like oh, I've got this American film um, radio crew with us does anyone want to get interviewed really really weird thing so like um 
the darkest, dankest little bit. Brilliant place, the kind of place that I love to go and work like a workman's club type of thing, but not where you would expect um, in international news to be going on. But anyway, we're back. Uh, it's NPR. Yeah, it it's was NPR. NPR. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I, that was where I said on American radio, "I feel the burn," and uh, never mind, eh? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, Laurie, you were you were mid rant. That was so good as well. That was a really nice bit. We're in the floor, and now, um, and now we're we're back again. But I'm going to come to you and talk about Britney Spears. Oh God! Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Poor Britney. Uh, okay. So she has just been in court this week to discuss her conservatorship which she's been under which her dad is in charge of basically to get a conservatorship it's it's you would normally have to be very 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 old and somebody it means somebody will come and look after you um it it looks like it looks allegedly somebody's paid a doctor off to say that britney spears suffers from dementia and that's how her dad got her conservatorship. So she, he looks after her money, uh, makes sure she's safe and all of that. But actually, <laughs> um, what's been happening is they've been forcing that to work, forcing that to do this residency in Las Vegas, which is seven, seven days a week, 10 hours. You know, she does like two or three shows a day. Um, she's not allowed to see her kids or her boyfriend if she doesn't do what um, the agents and her dad tell her to do. Um, and it's funny because there's been this thing for a long time. Free Britney isn't a new thing. It's been going for a long, long time. If you follow her on Instagram, which I do, because I am a Britney fan, um, her Instagram has got really weird and really dark. Um, she looks just bedraggled. She looks unwell. She looks tired. Um... And they keep rehashing the same photo over and over again. They'll leave it a few weeks and then post the same photo um, and say, today I'm doing this. It's like, well, clearly that photo was taken weeks ago. So why are you saying it's today? And it's all really weird. And people have been really, really worried about that. So um, one plus point is that we know she's not dead because that was genuinely a fear that somebody was posting things on her behalf to try and collect the money. Um, That hasn't happened. But she has no life. She simply doesn't have any life at all. Um, and arguably, she hasn't had since she was very, very young. Um, you know, she was put in the Mickey Mouse Club by her mum and dad. Her mum and dad split up and both of them wanted a piece of her. And they just pushed her and pushed her and pushed her. Baby One More Time was her smash hit. Um, I absolutely loved it. Thought it was incredible. Have recently learned that the video was directed by a porn director. Um, yeah. And... Um, and that basically from a very early age, she's been taught that sex sells and you've got to be sexy and you've got to be out there and you've got to be smiley and you've got to be everything everybody else wants because that will make money. And she was sold the myth that you need to make money to protect your family and to give us money. Um, so it's been going on for, for decades and, and it obviously it's gotten worse recently. I find it really unsurprising that she shaved her head and had a mental breakdown given all of that pressure. 
Um, and there are people out there going, oh, poor Britney, Silver Spoon and all that. She's got loads of money. But this is mental torture. She's effectively a slave. She doesn't see any of that money. Yes, she lives in a nice house, but she lives in that house along with her agents, her managers, everybody else who has anything to do with her life. She's not allowed to see her children. She's not allowed to do anything she wants. She can't walk out the front door. Um, and so this week, um, they finally granted the court case where they'd hear about this and she was allowed to go in and talk about it and she just let rip <laughs> she said it all and it was like yes and it was really a brilliant moment I think we're still waiting to hear what the outcome of that's going to be but it's just it goes to show you what greed will do and and to, to experience that, that at the hands of your own family I think what she needs is not a conservatorship. She needs to be out of that place. She needs to be under the radar and she needs some serious mental health help and some support from people who genuinely care about her. Um, so, yeah, that was, yeah, it's just awful. I really feel for her. So you used a word in there that's like a very important word. You said like slave. Is this, is it slavery? Like I know that she's, being completely treated like a commodity like an object like someone who is you like you know everyone was using her to gain money it sounds like penny's tap dancing by the way um so um, but but uh yeah so she's been completely used in these ways is it it, like is it slavery I, i don't know what would define slavery so like is this slavery well yeah it depends on your definition of slavery doesn't it i think being um forced to do a job you're not keen on doing when you are ill when you are tired being locked in somewhere not being able to go out they've actually implanted an iud in her arm so she can no longer have children even if she wanted to so they have taken control of her body as well I'd say that it defines slavery quite well (laughs) or certainly a type of slavery um it's no life that's for sure Mm. i think i think you 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 start to consider words like slavery when someone is trapped beyond their will um and forced to do things they don't want to um obviously i'm not i'm not looking up any dictionary definitions right now but i do have tim dredge uh confirming what i've just said so (laughs) you know life is good but i i definitely think so like (laughs) I remember I'm I'm not specifically a fan of Britney. Like I think she's boss, you know what I mean? In every scale sense of the term, like she's boss, eh? you know, like <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. But like, yeah, she does her thing, she's done her thing. And like a lot of people in, in that kind of situation, um, you know, think think of like Justin Bieber. Um he he got thrown into this world of superstardom at a very young age. And he's had his ups and downs. Thankfully, people like Britney have gone before him, but then also not so thankfully because it, it's had an impact on her life, her kid's life and all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously, because I'm speaking, I like Anthony's just said there, mental health is a serious problem. I think that no point in this has her mental health been considered. And one of the biggest factors in all of this is that everything she's done, who has been there? And it's the media. Everything she she she's not carrying her kid properly. She's not wearing the right clothes, you know. And women women are held to to a finer finer 
level of uh, perfection than the men at the end of the day when it comes to the media, the media's eye, their scrutiny on women is is disgusting. And everything she's done, whether it's just appearance or vocally or thought, whatever, everything is scrutinized by the media. And, you know, like Perez Hilton's been saying recently um, that he's he feels bad for all the things he did and now he wants to help her. And it's like, bruv, the best thing you can probably do is shut up and go away, my Don. You know what I mean? Because, like, this is, you're just, you're just building yourself right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, you attacked her and now she's on the down. It's like, oh, I'm going to help you. And it's that pure whole, like, you know, savior complex in it. You know what I mean? And Brittany, I just think like needs a lot of support. It's, it's not about specifically having to go into hospital or having to be in, having to be sectioned. She needs community. Right. And earlier on, I was talking about my idea of people coming together to make ideas, you know, that a big part of my ideal future, ideal world is about communities, about people helping each other in this world, children being brought up by the community, not just one single parent or two, even just two parents being brought up by the community. And Britney's had none of that. All of that's been ripped away from her. And like you said, Laurie, you look at them videos from a long time ago. It's like, rah, she looks a bit mad, you know? And then you look in the comments and you're like, rah, people are onto this. And then people people justified it as well. And they were like, oh, you know, she's had a good life. And oh, well, she's got a bit mad. And it's like, well, hold on a minute. Put yourself in her shoes right now. Because at the end of the day, she has a right to be free. She has a right to, to have children. She has a right to spend her money how she wants to. Like, why why has her dad suddenly got control over everything and other interests, financial interests over her physical her physical being? You know what I mean? It's a bit crazy, man. I just think so. I hope I hope the conservatorship does get removed, but also I hope that everyone just like leaves her alone. And it reminds me of, uh, I don't know, was it Chris Crocker? No, was it Chris? Yeah, yeah it was. Leave it was. Brittany alone. Leave her alone. Leave Brittany alone. <laughs> Just leave her alone. <laughs> like, I am Chris. Hashtag, we are Chris. Leave. We are oh my God, Chris get Crocker. that trend in. We are Chris. <laughs> like, <laughs> leave Brittany. Like, let end the conservativeship, right? I, I think generally she just needs to be be able to live a nice life with other people. Anyway, I'm going to shut up on it because I, I could go on for a while on this one as well. It, it's it's super weird. Like, Mark, um, I've, I've been thinking about how in the world can it be that a young woman who clearly doesn't have dementia, she may have mental health issues, she may have like even needed some help. They've given people conservatorship of what she does and under finances like what kind of country would allow this to happen this like i think if you have any country other than america in the world or, or certainly like a non-western country if a non-western country does this people are up in arms and they say what well, you can't do this you can't do this you can't take away people's right to self-determine what they do with their body or with their with their money what do you think I mean, it's, it's just totally shocking. I mean, but you've got to think that is the modern music industry, especially from the 
the the popular side um you know it 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 all it all just take you and spit you out and obviously her father working in a manager kind of role is looking to maximize their returns i but I, I mean i'm not a, all i know about britney spears really apart from the, what you see on the telly mainstream is i know that uh, august burn reds do a good good cover of uh hit of, of one more time and but you know this it is like our power of attorney but it just seems to be a, that we get in the uk for older people and that but even then they still have they can still if they want to so i have to work on it every day when i'm doing my my work can still say no these, these are my rights but it just seems it would i think it's only in america that this could could happen i mean but if you could imagine it was say if it was like it's like when you th you see all the videos about the young children, young girls in Africa who get married young it's it's kind of like that isn't it what this what this dad's doing doing with her we can all we can do is hope that that, that she can break free and go for a break is it is it not worse though because like say if if you know people do marry young if that's a cultural thing and people are used to that it's very hard to say to a culture well actually that's a wrong thing to do and you shouldn't be marrying young and what and what have you this is someone who's been brought up in a supposedly liberal country um and the interesting thing is as well like when britney spears was talking that southern accent and the southern twang that really came out like she has never lost that she hasn't really become holly like hollywood in the same way that other people have She's obviously doing everything she does under duress. It's like it's preposterous, you know. Like yeah. the and now the mask is slipping, isn't it? If you think about it, now we know all people outside of the main die-hard fans know more, know more about it. It'd be interesting to see what does come out. I mean, it it's just a horrible situation, and I hope there is some inquiry into what how how the doctor signed this, this conservatorship onto her. Can I bring in also, what Jane said this... there? Oh, sorry, Laura, you go on and I'm going to bring in what Jane said. I was said. just going to say, I think this speaks to what the um, the music industry is like as a whole. Um, you know, there are people who are, like the record companies and stuff are, are selling her music still, and they probably know that this happened. You know, she was allowed to get um, this residency in Las Vegas that she clearly didn't want to do. And it is all about the money. And you've got people like um, Jedward and um, Rebecca Ferguson, who've come from uh, pop stars or X Factor, whichever one it is they were on, who are now trying to challenge the fact that they've been treated appallingly. And there are many people still treated appallingly as commodities, as things to make money. Sit down, shut up, do as you're told and make us money and they're not allowed to be themselves at all um and obviously britney spears is the absolute extreme and the fact it's done by a dad is a whole new level but there is the serious questions to answer here on what we allow our entertainment to come from and and how we allow these things to happen because of entertainment um it, we really really need to start looking into that and challenging it and it's not acceptable it's again capitalism, isn't it? It's these huge corporations, like you know, um, what's his name with the square hair, Simon. Simon Cowell. Simon, Simon Cowell, who Cowell. who pulled out of Israel lately, um, pulled out of something with Israel lately in support of the Palestinian people. Apparently, so that was oh, weird. has he? Okay, right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So you know, 
yeah, yeah, it's the nicest thing he's done. Um, so anyway, um, Jane, like this brings me back to what Jane Strange has said. Um, it seems like when money and power come into the equation, the law is abused here too. I think this is some this this is sound going to sound a little bit left field, but I had a conversation the other day with your dad, Laura, and um, yeah. and we were talking about like we we're talking about because like, I I love cycling the Tour de France is starting, so we're going like we're talking about the Tour de France. Oh, are they are they still on drugs? And I was like, well, probably yeah, <laughs> probably um, because in anything when it becomes your profession, when it becomes about money. It's not about the love of it anymore. They're not doing it for the reasons of, of like, you know, of passion and love. They might be to an extent, but any sport in the world where that's happening, I'm saying, do you think the top footballers aren't taking drugs? I know in cycling, they, in cycling, they were considered it unprofessional not to take drugs when it gave them an advantage. They knew they weren't going to get caught because they only, like, would have been caught for two days after they took it or whatever. So they take it, they they train, they get better. And then it was considered to be unprofessional not to do that, not to abuse your body in that way. Like there were guys waking up in the middle of the night and the blood was so thick that they had to wake up in the middle of the night. They had to set alarm clocks to get up and walk around because they knew they might die. And this is what they were doing. And this was all for the next contract. It was all for the sponsors because Cyclone's full of sponsorship teams. That's why they were doing it. You think that's not happening in every sport in the world where there's money involved. If cyclists thought it was unprofessional to not take drugs, then that you'll find that that happened all over the place. And like, just look up Dr. Dr. Fuentes from um, from Spain, who uh, the the Spanish courts did, like made them burn all the blood bags so that they wouldn't have evidence that the Spanish football team were um, all well he said they were all doped but anyway um you know that it is that like money thing isn't it like they can make some money out of britney spears she becomes an object you can make some money out of an athlete someone else is making money out of that somewhere along the line once it becomes about money then you know things things change is that is that a fair comment do you think dan yeah 100 percent, man money corrupts in it like forget power corrupts money corrupts right if you're broke, right, put it put it at the other end of the spectrum, right? Forget when you've got money. If you're broke and someone says to you, hey, bruv, see that piece of bread I just dropped on the floor, yeah? You eat it and I'll give you 500 pounds. You've got no money. You're going to eat a dirty piece of bread, innit? Yeah? When you've got money and you want more, you've got the taste of money. It's like a drug, innit? you got more you, and the, you, you need to get more. You, you're going to make things happen. You have a bit of power with money. You're going to start making things happen so that you can keep getting that money in. And when you're in a system that allows you to do things that are morally corrupt or morally just fucked, then you're going to do them because you're not bothered. You're making peas, bro. And at the end of the day, you know, money makes the world go around, doesn't it? In a capitalist world, money makes the world go around. Now, if we, if we were to go uh, all the way down, you know, down the road, to to where my mind hangs out how about we just remove money from the world imagine how many problems we wouldn't have because without getting into the detail of it there are ways of living in this world without money and you know how i know that there are ways of living in this world without money because someone had to have invented money right 
Someone invented money. Someone invented the economy or people invented the economy. So what did people do before then? It's like, I always think horseshoes. What did horses do before humans came along and put shoes on them? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I know, I know it makes you laugh in it. Yeah. But like money, what did people do before money? Maybe they were just nice to people and they gave people things. Because Paul talks about no this money. a lot, actually. It's, it's, I remember having conversations with Paul a few times about how, imagine if we just all lived near each other and, like, one person, like, had some chickens. So you're like, oh, you can I have some of your eggs? You can have some of my, I don't know, I'll come yeah. do your washing for you. Or, you know, and it's just about that community spirit and everybody giving to other people. Wouldn't that be really lovely? But we've just gone so far down the greed rabbit hole now. I don't know how you unpick this capitalist system, nope. which is just... Just awful. It's it's a horror show. Debt forgiveness. I told my friend today. Yeah, I told my friend today about a job that I'm doing, and uh, I said, um, weird situation, but basically the outcome was I said, I don't really mind if it takes me longer. It means I earn more money out of it. And he said, you're such a capitalist. And I said to him, there's two things in this world that have made me capitalist. I've always had a job that pays my bills or whatever. Um, and I've always called that my side job. My main job is always that I'm self-employed. But since I've I've only been self-employed, like 100% self-employed, that's made me more capitalist because I'm constantly thinking about how I make more money, right? Because I haven't got that base income. I've constantly got to think about where the next amount of money is coming in and how big that amount of money is coming in so that I can make sure that I'm comfortable for the next month. The other thing that made me more cam- capitalist is yeah tim i'll come to your allotments don't worry um tim's talking about allotments i love a lot i wish i had an allotment i wish i wasn't as lazy as i am but the other thing is i bought a house i own a house right oh i didn't buy it i got a mortgage on a house and it's made me more capitalist because basically i constantly need to pay for things right now the reason i am that's my fridge the reason i'm in my kitchen is because the roof in my office has fallen through and the insurance won't pay for it because it's they they can't find a reason the why it's happened that they should have to pay for it. And then when I had to do the roof, that meant I had to do the ceiling and then the floor as well because the floor got flooded. And all these things they cost money, cost money, cost money, cost money. And that's the whole house. The whole house is just like that constantly. And it makes you more capitalist. And capitalism is an evil, evil thing that is slowly ruining us. And I know we were talking about Britney at first. Do you know what I mean? But it is capitalism that's caused Britney to end up being Britney in a way, really. You know what I mean? Because she could have just been a really good singer that a lot of people appreciated her art and there was no money involved. She was just a really good singer. That could all it have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. No sex, no all this other stuff. To be fair, but, she's not that good at singing. But um... She was a really, really good entertainer, though. She entertainer, was a very entertainer. good entertainer. You're good at it. I see... I- I don't think that makes you capitalist. I think that puts you in a capitalist system that you're trying to survive. You're spot on. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I was using that as an example, but I, I 100, I, I think it does make me lean towards being capitalist, but I think, yeah, I'm just- but not I'm, by choice. <laughs> correct, 100%. You're not a capitalist <laughs> if you don't have any capital. If you're well, not making money the out of the money you already earn, if out of the wealth you already earn, that's not you being a capitalist. You're just living in a capitalist system. You know, being a capitalist is having some money that earns you some money. The fact that you have money will get you more money. 
that's capitalism. Yeah. And I think we my need to make sure a- that people like Yeah, get you that. are you are one hundred percent correct. I think my mate is just um he's one you up. Well, I was going to say agitated me to to remember. Yeah, I, I like when people do that. They agitate you to remind you who you are, where you are, what you're doing, and where you're going. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Um, Mark, I know that you're going to talk about David Graeber, debt the first ten thousand years, because that is why that yes. is what. Um, Laura was referring to. So obviously when I'm yammering onto her about chickens, apparently, which uh, <laughs> I didn't know I was doing that. I sound incredibly boring. That is not. <laughs> I do the I same thing. That. Don't worry. Don't worry. I do the same thing. <laughs> you know, chickens, right? Chickens. Get a chicken. <laughs> I don't I don't eat chickens or eat eggs either. So, uh, you know, it's useless for me, but everyone else should just like give everyone chickens. It's fine. Uh, sorry, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, though, you know, they, but if you think about it, every society, most businesses do not run on a cap, internally on a capitalist basis. Most families don't. I broke my headset. I just I just ordered a new one and it came. I didn't have to pay for it. You know, in a family, the, you, the food comes and as a baby, you don't have to pay for it. And I was going to mention, if, what I was thinking about was the first few bits of David Graeber's history of debt that, you know, Adam Smith said everybody used to barter. No, they didn't. They used to all work together for the for the good of the community. The only groups that used to barter was when two tribes met and one, mm. you know. But money is such a useful thing, you know. If 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 you haven't got what you the people need to share, you know, I've got these, but you don't want them. How, what do I do then? Money money works, and it's just. But the question is, which is something maybe to, to go completely out left field. Eventually, as we get AI, certain people are just not going to be able to sell their labour. And that's mm-hmm. something we as socialists don't talk about. Maybe that's another good book to read, which will, uh, just... from a certain Navarra Media person, which is a very interesting one. I can see Dan smiling at me. One of the one of the funniest things about that is um, is one of the things that AI can do really well is uh, law. It can yeah. do a lawyer's job, so there's going to be a load of unemployed lawyers quite soon because of AI, and it's it's really funny because they thought it was going to be like they thought it was going to be lower paid workers, but it's yeah. actually higher paid workers that um, that are going to be replaced by AI first because uh, their jobs apparently aren't as hard for an AI to do as they would be for a human to do. You know, it's like. Um, that's where we are. The the thing that the, there was one culture in that book as well where they they talked about what they would do is they would never, if you were in debt to someone, they thought that would be a terrible thing. They thought it was an awful thing. So if you gave someone something else, or if you needed something from someone else and say, right, tell you what, I need some bread or something like that, then they would come back and the person when they replaced that would give something of very similar, but not quite the same value. Because if they ever gave the same value back, that would be an equal value transaction, and they would find that extremely, un- like just just unpalatable to their culture, that they were doing this kind of trade. It was like, oh, I'll just give you a bit more, or maybe a bit less, and then everyone's quite happy with the situation. It was really interesting. I recommend that book anyway. Um, but yeah. Uh, right. Are I we think... just like a really long-winded book rec- recommendation tool? Is that our <laughs> is that our job? <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. 
I wouldn't mind being a long-winded <laughs> book recommendation to it. Okay, so we're going to finish up on social care. And this is, I think, um, it's Thangam Debonair has said some stuff, hasn't she? She um, She's came out with some absolute Bobby Dazzlers of, uh, of something. So um, Keir Starmer's one of his pledges was free social care, wasn't it? Is that right? And uh, and now Thangam Debonair has um, has rolled back on that and decided, actually, that's not a thing because it would just be something the Tories would beat us with. And I've got um, a quote here from a <laughs> from a Labour spokesperson, which is um, absolutely baffling, really. But um, you know, let's let's see what we think. Um, give us a second, I will get that quote up. Or just actually talk while I find that quote. But anyway, um... <laughs> sometimes I just wonder how do these people? What is their version of a of, a, of the Labour Party? You know, if, so the so the government so the the Tories are going to beat us with our policy. When have they not done that? And and you know, sometimes if you if you're not going to own own your your policy, why why have it? You know, if we're just going to be a, a nice soft soft version of the Tories, Tories with with a, with a smile, what's the point? You know, you know, if we believe that, I believe there should be the national care service. There should be a national care service. There should be a national education service. The way things are moving on with education, we're all going to need to learn things all our lives. And I think that's one of the the, the keys to keeping young is to keep on learning new stuff. But certainly in social social care, as Jeremy said today on in uh, down at the thing, we are all probably going to need social care at some point in our lives. As we get older, things fail, and we need help. What what's I've ironic got... at the moment as well is that you know the the fact that Fangham said this this week. This is another another example of Keith and his crew failing to jump on an opportunity. To, to gain some of those points, you know, any other leader would be 20 points ahead right now. Who, who, who? Because they, they had the chance to to jump some points this week. Boris Johnson failed to have, it's not the first time, but failed to turn up. He just basically didn't want to attend a meeting about what they're going to do on social care. And people forget that this was one of his promises during his election campaign in 2019. He said something along the lines of, we're going to do great things for social care. But it's a promise. Great things mean great things, right? Brexit means Brexit. So Boris cancelled another meeting on social care this week, along with Matt Hancock, you know, the guy who resigned because he got caught. So um, <laughs> Thangham and Keith could have had the perfect opportunity to go, this is terrible. This is what we're going to do. But now they went, well, we don't want to go too far on social care, but we're not going to say too much because, well... We're twenty points ahead in our minds. <laughs> so um, here's the here's the sure. quote. Just just so you know, like you know what they what they are saying to justify this. So in order to justify this rolling back of, of what was going on, um, it says. But on Wednesday, a Labour Party spokesperson refused to say why the party had gone back on Starmer's support for the Nils motion. 
refused to say why the references to free social care were removed from the social care composite motion document, refused to provide the source for Debonair's claim that free social care would cost £100 billion and more than the NHS budget, refused to say if the party agreed with her that calling for free social care would give the Tories a stick to beat Labour with and that it would lose the, the party the next election, refused to say what the party's message was to disabled people and allies who were fighting for free social care, and refused to say why Labour was not willing to fight for disabled and older people's right to free social care. Jesus. Like, they've just refused to say, like, oh, uh, this is true, but we don't have any evidence to support it. Um, it's like, what was... what was? Can you remember um, on, um, on Br- uh, Brass Eye years ago when... When they had Phil Collins and everyone like, talk, like wearing daft hats and um, um, saying nonsense and things, and uh, and and Doctor Fox hammered a crab into a table and said, "Crabs have more in common with paedophiles than they do with human beings." There's no evidence to support it, but it's scientific fact, and I think that's where we are. You know, there's there's no evidence to support anything we're saying. But that's true. You know, there's no evidence to say Tories would use this as a stick to beat us with. I feel like there's just a complete lack of understanding of what opposition means. Um, they're kind of like, oh, well, we don't want the Tories to attack us. Why not? If the Tories have a go at me, I feel like I'm doing something right. You know, it's pathetic. We should be. And then and, and it's clear with that thinking why they have not done the same. Why have they not called the Tories out on the countless things they've done so damagingly wrong over the past 18 months you know and we've just kept quiet that's no opposition I, I feel like they're kind of just going oh well no because we need to win votes and we need to look electable so we don't want to look like we're fighting with people it's like for god's sake get over yourself will you and start holding them to account and the fact that they're like well we don't want to let them get angry at us jesus just join them just go and join them then if that's yeah. the case Absolutely. Um, Mark, come on. I was going to say, I think the one problem we've got as as the Labour Party at the moment is that we are not... Nobody knows what we stand for. And I think that's what, you know, we we either stand stand for something or we'll fall for everything. And I think people are now not looking for business as usual, which is what it feels like Starmer is saying, business as usual. No, we don't want that. We want, and what was the demonstration about? A new normal and you know we're talking back about what um the 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 rickard the sisters were saying about how the world war changed things where people were reading the ragged trains as philanthropists and one thing john mcdonald used to say was during that war the socialists were thinking about what do we want to change when, when this when we're out of the war and that's how you got the nhs the dhss and everything else council housing and we need to be putting a positive vision of that. And that is what I think people like him in Preston. We need social care and it should be it part of the NHS, enter in cradle to grave cover. And we need to positively nail our, uh, nail our colours to the mast. I think on the back of that, Mark, like you're you're spot on. I was um I was helping out with some stuff for Claim the Future today, and and John was talking about specifically that. You know what I mean? And uh, a shameless plug here, like I'm not even that massively involved with Claim the Future, but 
you know, claim the today, go to their website, sign up because John is talking about exactly that. You know what you just said there, sign up to it guys. If, if you want socialist policies in the labor party, then sign up to it. Zara's talking about the same thing. Um, it, the only way to, to get a labor party that you want is to be in the labor party. And if that means you have to sometimes, you know, do things that you might not want to do, like, you know, keep your mouth shut, then just do it. Because you're not going to get you're not going to get that Labour government. You know, part of the reason why Jeremy Corbyn wasn't successful in 2017 or 2019 is because the left hadn't been mobilised for years and years before. We had five years to do what we did. Whereas, you know, let's think now, let's say in 10 years time, we get a new left leader. OK, I'm being a bit um, pessimistic there, 10 years time. But 10 years time, a new leader, we've been building for 15 years that's 15 years of left discipline, left organizing, left thinking. You know, who knows where the socialist think tank could be by then, maybe creating policies for the Labour manifesto. But that's yeah. that's exactly what <laughs> like I'm talking that. about. <laughs> Trust me, that's what I'm here for. But like, no, real talk though, like, you know, it, we have to be in there and a part of it. So, you know, get involved in all of these things. Stop just because you don't like things doesn't mean you have to go on a big Twitter tirade and say things that maybe will get you suspended from whichever organization or whatever, be a part of the movement and be a part of the movement where you may, maybe might, might not feel welcome. I'm keeping hold on to my labor membership. I could have said many things in, in this show or before today um, that could have got me expelled, but there's been a level of discipline because I know the national policy forums coming up, I know that local elections are going to be coming around again and we're going to need to get socialist councillors into positions. I know that there is a general election coming at some point and we're going to need to make sure we've got the support for the right MPs. And at the end of the day, whether it's after the Batley and Spen election or whether it's in five years' time, there is going to be another leadership election. And you know the reason that people, so many people were able to vote for Jeremy is because they changed the rules and this is what I was talking about earlier about changing the rules and the structures within. They changed the rules so that anyone could join the Labour Party and vote for like a pound or three pounds. But since then, there's been a move. In 2016, when Owen Smith decided to challenge Jeremy, well, it was Angela and then Owen, but less said about that. Um, you know, they changed it. So I think it was 25 pounds. You had to pay 25 pounds to be able to vote. And then this time... They're going to make it. Now, Pete, a lot of people won't know this, but like they put um, a freeze date. So the freeze date, let's say the the election gets announced on the 20th of July, just as an example, they'll say that the freeze date is that you had to be a member six from six months before the 20th of July. So think about all the people who have left in the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. If they just held on to their membership a little bit longer. They could have voted for the next leader. And that's what they'll do. They do that in local elections or local selections, and they do it in CLP elections and all kinds of other things. And they'll do it for the leader again. And you need to make sure you got that membership or at least join a trade union because that's the most important thing you can ever do in your life and make sure that you're paying into the political levy. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so I think we're getting quite late now. I'm going to go for closing comments. Um, so... Closing comments, I'll just do Dan spoke last, so I'm going to go Laura, Mark, Dan, and then uh, and then we're going to say goodbye. Apart from we'll have two minutes afterwards to just uh, 
see how much we've enjoyed our drinks tonight because uh, <laughs> it is uh, sometimes socialist drink tank on a Saturday night. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, Laura, closing thoughts. Yeah, I, I think I agree entirely with what Dan just said. It is I understand the difficulties in staying and fighting. Um, I think I've had my criticisms of that in the past. If there is a fight to be had, though, then you need to be in it. Um, we don't have many options at the minute um, on the left, and it's important that we, we use every tool we've got to try and get this horrendous government out because they, they are literally killing people. Um, and also, um, let's start questioning our media conglomerates. Let's start looking into the well-being of our entertainers who might put on, pay it on a smile, um, but be secretly suffering. We need to start having some ideas around how we tackle that. Um, and also, again, thank you everybody who's been watching um, or who will be listening to the podcast later because they tend to be dead popular now. Um, thank you so much. Don't forget to go over to YouTube and um, sus subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you don't miss anything we do. Huge thank you to Dan, who I'm going to bully into coming on again one day. <laughs> you don't get away with it now. You've been on once. Once is not enough. Um, he's been amazing. And Mark as well. He knows the score he's not allowed to get away with it he's a member now so he has to come on the show whenever we ask him um so yeah thank you all and i've really enjoyed tonight it's been really nice and i haven't actually although my husband is now in the house i haven't actually physically seen him yet <laughs> apart from to give him a drink because he's been all the way down to london then all the way back just in time for this show so well done paul you represented us brilliantly thank you I mean, what I, I, all I would say is that you, you don't, you can't influence anything shouting it from the outside. You've got to be sitting at the table. And I remember just after the election, um, when we'd lost, oh, somebody was saying on, a, on another podcast that the thing that people from the right of the party want us to do is to leave. We just have to dig, you know, be, so it says in the Bible about being as, um, as innocent as dove and as wise as a serpent. And that's what we've got to do. We've just literally got to dig ourselves in. And also, there's going to be a lot of AGMs coming up. We need to um, to, to get positions on AGMs and uh, on, 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 on execs. We need to get local councillors and build from the ground up. One, some, one thing John says, I think it is, on, on Claim the Future, is we put the cart before the horse. You know, We need to build movement from the ground up. So join the Labour Party now, because you... You're not going to get a vote shouting from the outside. Dan. Bwee! How do you follow Mark, man? Come on. Are you going to put me after Mark? Like, Laura, you're a vibe, but Mark, come on. No, really, like, I'm, I'm going to do I'm going to do the old plug thing, innit? You know what I mean? Um, you know, today's show, we've covered a lot of things, but the main thing that we've covered is that we need to crush capitalism. And the way to crush capitalism is being a part of the movement. People kill crack capitalism. Capitalism is created by uh, very few people, and we are very many people. And many, many times we've seen many, many people bring down parts of capitalism, whether it is landlords, whether it is governments, whether it is government structures or local authorities. Um, they've all been um, parts of the structure that is capitalism and it is the people that do that. So if the people are trade unionists, if the people are Labour Party members, and if the people are supporting um, uh, 
things like the socialist think tank um and jane in the comments has put the link there so that you can become a member and if people are you know supporting independent media by way of dot news um is where you can support independent media um you know you can actually start to bring down those those parts of the structure that is capitalism. Uh, seen as I'm allowed to square, swear, square, I'm not square. Seen as I am allowed to swear, square, square, I did it again. Seen as I am allowed <laughs> to swear, it's uh, the rum. Um, you know, fuck capitalism, seriously. Like you are not anti-racist if you are not anti-capitalist. Um, you are not an ally to the LGBT community if you know qia plus community uh, apologies um if you are not anti-capitalist until you are anti-capitalist you are not pro people while while you are not anti-capitalist you are basically shitting on your neighbors that that's the way i see it and i used that example earlier about myself you know becoming more capitalist and paul you're spot on you know what i mean what you said um yeah fuck capitalism but like when you're in the structure and when you're forced into the structure so long as you're aware of that and you're aware of the ways in which you can change the structure uh, and bring down the structure then you are fully anti-capitalist and you're a part of the thing, man so keep it real keep it vibes dunno the dunno um socialist think tank thank you very much my people because i've had a really good night and that's not the rum that's you guys speaking Oh, thank, thank you so much and thank you to both both of you both dan and mark and um it's been a real pleasure having you on um what i would like to say is a couple of things that have come up in the comments that are really interesting um lizzie's had mentioned mentioned a couple of things um she's she mentioned about how uh how you know when people are really at you you know in, in on twitter etc and really really at you you know don't blame people for being not being silent and I do think like I think it needs to be a stay and do rather than a stay and fight it's got you've got to do something if you're going to stay in the Labour Party then at least do something do something for commute your community do something to improve people's lives and um and yeah I suppose if fight fight is a thing to do as well so you could end up staying and fighting that's an important thing to do but do it outside, do it in your trade unions, do it in your local associations, do it in ACORN, do it in all sorts of different different things that, you know, you don't have to be part of the Labour Party to do this. I actually think the, the real struggle is extra parliamentary because I think the par parliament's an absolute mess, but maybe we have to win it first before we start to change it. But um, another thing she said as well is she said, um, you need to promote your shows more. That's where you come in. So we, everyone who is in uh, in socialist think tank, everyone who's involved works full time, and we do like uh, we do all we can. We run like show, so many shows in a week, and we are actively trying to promote ourselves all the time. And if you could promote for us as well, that would be so much appreciated because I think it's socialist media. It's all of us sharing one another. Earlier on, there was someone who mentioned something about like, let's not have a go at Squawk Box, uh, etc. We support all socialist media that includes Squawk Box who do some really good things. Um, you know, so we, we're not against one another. 
in the socialist media world, all of us are pulling together in the same direction to do that. That's what we have to do. So promoting each other and supporting each other is really important. Become a member of Socialist Think Tank if you would like to. It is free to do so or you can choose to contribute. We do appreciate contributions, but we do appreciate that not everyone can afford to do that. So um, you will get no greater rights for um, for paying for um for something for contributing it will be appreciated but we don't want to exclude anyone who can't afford to uh to contribute but you can contribute with your ideas that's the most important thing so if you can't contribute as well just sharing the show making sure some of your friends subscribe that's all absolutely massive and that will go for Bywire News as well. Make sure you subscribe to them. Make sure you subscribe to all these different social media channels and get them promoted because we're going to use capitalism's algorithms against it. We're going to use that to get our ideas out there and make sure that people are listening to us. So um, do like, share, subscribe, do all those things um, to all of these different platforms. Support all socialist media because the more we get these ideas out there, the better things are going to be and the more we're going to change some minds. I'm going to say goodnight. Everyone say goodnight. And, uh, and we, will socialists. See... <laughs> we will see you again soon. Take care.